number one We'll hold the line We won't step back We'll just attack time after time We're lightning fast We'll drive like rain We won't be beat We won't retreat Ice in our veins We are the storm from Melbourne Town will blow the others off the ground We are the storm And we're number one We are the Storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode 15. As always, a quick shout out to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast with Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. As always, I'm your host, Gobbs, and I will be bringing you the latest news, views, and storm content over the 2023 season. Now, let's get on with the podcast. If they can make something work here, there's another kick from Coates. Reese Walsh knocks it on. Trent Liero's got it. Now Jerome Hughes kicks on tackle zero for Will Warbrick. He takes it and scores to try the season. That was uh, the result of a great heads-up piece of play from Jerome Hughes to find an unmarked Will Warbrick uh, to score. Uh, in the 38th minute for the Melbourne Storm. Um, Melbourne coming away, victors over the Brisbane Broncos, the high-flying Brisbane Broncos, who were ladder leaders at that point in time, defeating them 24-16 in a stop-start affair, which was marred by, unfortunately, the officialdom, uh, refereeing decisions, bunker decisions, that affected both sides as well as the, the actual contest, the flow of the game. Uh, was really, really hard to watch. But um, the result, thankfully, went the way of Melbourne Storm. Uh, a tremendous crowd for a Thursday night. Just over, a tick over 16,000, 16,043 people, um, which was fantastic to see Amy Park on a Thursday where it, it's it's extremely difficult, right, to get to, to, get to a, a sporting fixture on a school night on a weeknight where people have still got to get up and go to work tomorrow, kids have got to go to school, etc. So to get 16,000 to Amy Park on a, on a cold Thursday night, um, well done to the supporters, the, the fans and the members of Melbourne Storm, as well as the Broncos fans that did attend as well. Um, but yeah, the result um, was obviously favourable in the fact that the Storm did get the two points. Uh, there was... Across the 80 minutes, uh, there was ebbs and flows and and different sort of occurrences that did take place, um, which sort of surrendered momentum and then gave momentum um, to the Broncos and vice versa to the Storm. And as I said, it was a really, really stop-start affair. The game went for over two hours. So that, that goes to show how how difficult, I suppose, the game was to watch when you think that it's an 18-minute an contest. It's an 18-minute contest, and it's going for two hours. Now, the last game 
that went for over two hours was the infamous Cam Smith sin-binning game at Shark Park back in 2018 where Matt Chechen, um, who was the referee, was given an edict by the, the NRL boss at the time, which was Todd Greenberg, to v- virtually blow the pee out of the whistle um, in order to try and change, um, deter behaviour of play the balls, offsides, uh, really nitpicking uh, of, of the rule book, so to speak. And Chechen went out there and blew 39 penalties. So there was 39 different stoppages throughout a game of football. Um, and I remember sitting, I, I, I attended the game with my best friend, uh, Jack, uh, if you're listening, um, who's, a, who's a diehard Sharks supporter and member, Um we were at the game and literally we didn't get home till like midnight. It was it was horrendous. And this game sort of reflected that in terms of just the stop start nature, the different the different penalties that were given, the sim bins that were given. Um, yeah. And as I said, it went both ways. The Broncos were really hard done by with I um, believe with the the supposed hip drop. That wasn't a hip drop on, on Nelson Osofa Solomona from Patrick Carrigan. That didn't warrant a simbin. Um, Broncos coach Kevin Walters virtually said the same thing. Uh, Craig Bellamy said virtually backed up Kevy Walters and said that it, it, it wasn't a hip drop and it shouldn't have been a hip drop. So that that goes to show there. But yeah, I mean, as a rugby league fan in general, like last Thursday night's game made me. It, it was very, very frustrating viewing. So as a, as I've made mention to, both teams were on the end of some really dubious calls. You know, from the Walsh shoulder charge, um, the Harry Grant supposed push in the back that led to a Broncos penalty try. I mean, really, um, well, wouldn't have knocked a pee off a chop. Seriously, he was contesting the football. Um, the Xavier Coates offside, like there was a bee's proverbial in it. Now, again, this comes back to the point of nitpicking where supposedly you've got to have two, both feet behind the line to ensure that you're onside from a kick. Now, you watch that in real time, real time, not slow-mo. It looked like he was onside for all money. But, again, it's it's one of those things things where the bunker wants to nitpick and try. It's like they send a decision upstairs to try and find a reason not to award the try. That's that's the perception that viewers and fans are getting watching these games. Um, the Carrigan hip drop, which I made mention to, that wasn't a hip drop. Now, the Flegler holding Aaron Penne at marker, um, which allowed Corey Pace to virtually stroll under the post untouched. Now, that, that shouldn't have been a try. So uh, the ball ricocheting off Olam's lemon spread, his head, deemed to be a knock-on, denying Xavier Coates a fair try. I mean, the officialdom was diabolical. And performances like that shouldn't be happening in a multi-billion dollar sport, let's be honest. So, And as I said, it, it didn't just go one way. It was There was moments... Um, that affected momentum for the Broncos as well as uh, moments that affected momentum for the Storm. So, um, unfortunately for the, for the Broncos, the Storm just were, were the better team on the night. And, and I, I 
firmly believe that. I think they showed more resilience um, throughout the 80 minutes. They took their opportunities when they did present, and you, you really can't you really can't sugarcoat that in any way. You go back and watch the contest, the Melbourne were the better team. So, um, again, you've got moments in games, I understand that, but by the same token, you've got to basically be able to understand that one moment isn't going to to take away victory. Um, One moment leads to another moment, and that's across 80 minutes. So that's, that's what the... That's what Broncos fans and members have got to realise. It wasn't the the Carrigan hip drop. Yes, it, it changed momentum, but there was still another 79 minutes and 30 seconds that they had to, to win the game, and they just didn't take their opportunities. Let's hear what Craig Bellamy had to say in the press conference. Craig, it was pretty intense on the sideline. What was it like watching on in the coach's box for that 80 yeah, minutes? Yeah, it's pretty tense up there too, to be quite honest, but... Um yeah, it was a strange sort of game. There's so many. I know it seems like there were so many 50-50 things that happened in the game, and it seemed to go for a hell of a long time too. It was like an AFL game, you know, the time it took. So um, yeah, it was a strange sort of game. But you know, I thought the old, a couple of things we want to do was you know start the second half pretty well, and a couple of sort of basic things that we think are important, you know, for us to be playing well. I thought we did them. Know, reasonably well we probably didn't get off to the greatest start in that you know the Broncos put a lot of pressure on us there the first I don't know probably 15 minutes where they they locked us down the old half um, but I thought you know at the end of the day it's probably really helped us you know we just knuckled down and then that was uh, the rhythm for our defence for the rest of the game so you know so I thought we'd done done a real good job you know, again they're a good side we all know that they're leading the competition and there's a reason for that so um, like I say you know there's a couple of occasions it could have went either way like the game or the, the momentum of the game but as I said but it, for me it was a strange sort of game in that there were so many 50, 50, 50 things that happened that had a or seemed to have an influence on the game at, at that moment. Mm. Um, yeah, and then, like I say, it just seemed to go forever. So, um, but anyway, like I say, we're, we're happy with the result. So, um, you know, a couple of days off now, and boys can put their feet up. Exactly what. I made mention to the the game felt like it was going forever. Um, there was fifty fifty calls that that went the Storms way. There was fifty fifty calls that went the Broncos way, um, and there was calls that went against both sides. So, and I note that uh, referee Todd Smith has actually been dropped, um, and the bunker official uh, Jared Sutton has also been dropped, which goes to show that um, yeah. The, the, the officialdom was very, very sub substandard, um, if I can put it that way. But um, alas the storm did enough to get the to get enough to get the victory. Um, finished the game with eighty six percent possession. So um, and as I've made mention time and time again when, when you're completing over eighty percent, um, ninety nine point nine percent of the time you, you you're putting yourself in a position to come away with uh, with a win. So um, a good bounce back against the the week before against the um, the Rabbitohs, which was very disappointing. Magic ground, so 
good to be in the winner's circle again. And again, it, the, the challenge now is to back it up. So let's see how we go in round 12. <laughs> Okay, Teamless Tuesday, Melbourne Storm is set for their inaugural clash with the Dolphins this Saturday night as both teams come together to celebrate Indigenous Round at Suncorp Stadium. Front rower, Tui Kamakamitha reverts back to the bench after coming on as a late addition in Round 11, while Nelson Asofa Solomona rejoins the run-on squad in the number 8 jersey as the men in purple also line up to go to face-to-face with past teammates Kenny Bromwich, Felice Cafusi and former captain Jesse Bromwich. Bronson Garlic, Aaron Penney and Tom Eisenhuth round out Craig Bellamy's interchange bench along with Kamikamitha with Grant Anderson, Tarek Sims, Tepai Moroa, Tyron Wishart and Jaden Nicarima rounding out the extended squad. Both the Storm and Dolphins come into Saturday night's game as an equal 3 and two-win-loss record from their last five games, sitting fifth and sixth on the ladder, respectively. Now, let's have a quick look at the team list. So, for the Storm, Nick Meaney, fullback, Will Warbrick uh, and Xavier Coates are on the wings. Remus Smith and Justin Ollum are in the centres. Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes is at halfback. Front row, we'll see Nelson Osofa Solomona, Christian Welsh and Harry Grant at hooker. Trent Liero, Elisa Katoa and Josh King are in the back row for the Storm. On the interchange bench, Bronson Garlic, Aaron Penney, Tom Eisenhuth and Tui Kamikamitha. On the extended reserves, Grant Anderson, Tarek Sims, Teboy Moroa, Jaden um, Nicarima and Tyron Wishart. Now for the Dolphins. Hamaso Tabuai Fado is at fullback, who's been in some simulating form in 2023. Jermaine Osako and Tessie New are on the wings. Ewan Aitken and former Storm Centre and Premiership winner Branko Lee are in the centres. Cody Nikarima and Isaiah Katoa are in the halves. Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich are in the front row for the Dolphins. Kenny Bromwich at front row, I've noticed... That's been a trend over the last couple of weeks, which is very interesting. Um, yeah, uh, very interesting considering he's um, he virtually spent majority of his time as a left edge second rower at the Storm uh, and started the season for the Dolphins uh, on the edge. Uh, Felice Corfusi and uh, Connell Lemu Lemu uh, in the second row with Tom Gilbert at lock. On the bench, they've got Jared Wallace, Anthony Milford, Ray Stone returns from injury. Uh, Storm fans may remember Ray Stone, who famously scored the try for the Eels off the ricochet in Golden Point uh, last year and also did his ACL in the process. Uh, really, really good player. The type of player that um, uh, that just works works his butt off. A Dale Finucane-type player. Um yeah, so he's he obviously strengthens the Dolphins. Uh, and Herman S.A.S.A. is in Jersey 17. On the extended bench, they've got Mark Nichols, uh, former Storm player, Kurt Donahue, Edric Lee, Valence Tavare, or Val Meninga, as people are tagging him as, uh, after his magical debut at Magic Ground. Uh, and J.J. Collins are on the extended 
reserves for the Dolphins. Now, a lot of a lot of people and pundits were predicting that the Dolphins would would run last this year, and again, um, be careful to write off a Wayne Bennett coach team and. They're exceeding expectations, but you look across that squad, there's experience right across, right across, namely in the forward pack, but there's some really, really experienced and handy uh, NRL players right across that. And the dynamic of the overall team that they've got at the moment are getting the job done. And they're not doing anything spectacular. They're not doing anything out of the ordinary. It's really about... The fundamentals, and that's one thing that Wayne Bennett teams um, pride themselves on. Again, effort areas. So kick chase well, defending well, scrambling well on D, uh, defending goal line um, with great resilience uh, and high completion rate. And again, it's 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 the basics that go a long way. Um, and Wayne Bennett, you know, he's on record time and time and time again always saying that rugby league is a very simple game. Why do we need to complicate it? And that's his coaching mantra. That's his coaching philosophy. And he's just got a knack of really, really simplifying um, the game and he simplifies roles um, and, and gets players to buy in. Uh, they buy into what his about, but they also buy into what he provides as a coach in terms of being that, I suppose, that sort of father figure and he provides so much confidence to the to these players and he's done that at virtually every tenure that he's been at, the Broncos, St. George Illawarra, um, Newcastle Knights, South Sydney Rabbitohs and now the Dolphins, like, yeah, he's... Never underestimate a Wayne Bennett coach team, uh, and especially with the the experience that that this team has, they they've they've already shown that they're they're not going to be a pushover. They're not going to be easy beats. And if anything, I think people are really now starting to realise that this is a very very handy squad. This is a very very handy team, and they're making all the right sounds they're making all the right moves about really challenging for a for a final so this is now a finals roster um and it's not hard to see you know you've got Jesse Bromwich Marshall King Kenny Bromwich Felice Kafusi Tom Gilbert Cody Nicarima um you've got Ewan Aitken you've got Jermaine Osako, you've got Hammerside, Tabby Ifedo, Jared Wallace, Anthony Milford. These are all representative players. They're all representative players. They're all internationals. They're all origin players. So it's you know it it this team is is very very handy, very very capable. And you underestimate them, they'll make you pay, which they've shown this year. They they compete right across the eighty minutes. Um, and they're always in the fight. They don't go away. They do not go away. And they've shown that over the past few weeks when the Titans jumped out to a, what, a 26-0 lead and they ran them down 28-26. Like, wow. So that goes to show the amount of strike that they do have when they do put it together. Um, and they can defend for long periods of time as well. So, yeah, uh, if the Storm fly up to, to Suncorp and they think they're just going to 
roll out and get the job done, they've got another thing coming. So this will this will be a tough game. This will be a tough game. So uh, it'll be again um, master and the mentor. Uh, or master and the apprentice, I should say, in terms of Wayne Bennett coming up against his his apprentice in, in Craig Bellamy, where that's where Bellyag started, got his start at the Broncos, um, and I know that I know that um, it's previously been spoken that Bellyag always circles these games wherever Wayne Bennett's coaching, so he'll be coaching differently this week as he used to when he used to coach against the Broncos, so. Um, he'll definitely be ensuring that this is a game that he'll want. He'll want to get up. He'll want to win, and uh, let's hope that is the case. Come Saturday night. Injury rehab report. So the latest update on the Storms injury list, it, it really hasn't changed too much um, from what was previous. Uh, the only difference is that um, uh, George Jennings has returned to play for Brisbane East Tigers, um, but Jack Howarth remained sideline uh, after suffering a shoulder uh, dislocation. And... Uh, for the Sunshine Coast Falcons in round seven, so he's currently in rehab. Alec McDonald still re- uh, uh, sidelined with that elbow complaint that um, he sustained and, and ruled him out of the out of the uh, the Warriors game for Anzac Day. Jonah Pezzett, as we know and reported last week, that um, uh, sustained a broken or fractured collarbone. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, again, to be confirmed as he continues to work his way back from um, his his troublesome knee injury. So, again, it's it's one of those things. I know that they've... Danny Widler on 100% footy reported the fact that um, he'd spoken to uh, a, a Storm insider saying that they're looking at July. So, I mean, take that as a grain of salt. So, Pappy's going to be back when he's going to be back. So let's not let's not um, put all pull all our hope in a July return. It's it's one of those things where let's just make sure he gets back when he's going to be not only one hundred percent fit but one hundred percent ready to perform. And I think that's continuing to, to be the major focus. Uh, and as we know, uh, Paul Dean RME has gone for the year after sustaining his knee injury in the trials. So that's the latest injury report there. And, yeah, um, Godspeed on the recovery, boys. Now, feeder club report. Um, So round nine is just completed of the Host Plus Cup um, in the Queensland Rugby League. uh, And... The Storm contractor players once again made their impact felt across the Host Plus Cup, scoring four of six tries for the Brisbane East Tigers as they defeated the North Devils in Round 9 at Bishop Park over the weekend. Uh, Winger George Jennings continued his impressive efforts after returning from injury, um, scoring a double in Saturday afternoon's uh, match um, against the Devils. 
Uh, his three tackle breaks and two line breaks helped lock the Tigers comfortably in the lead by the end of the first 40 minutes. Now, the big thing is Tarek Sims, who's been 18th man for the last couple of weeks for the Storm, uh, also crossed in the opening minutes of the second half uh, for the Brisbane East Tigers and recorded a game-high 197 run metres to go with a try assist. So a meet try, a try assist, and nearly 200 metres for Tarek Sims. That's fantastic. So big minutes for Tarek Sims, which... Again, as we know, he had a disrupted preseason with some calf issues and didn't really get to do a whole lot of running. So he was short of a gallop coming into this season. So getting much needed minutes into his legs um, and volume into his legs, uh, which will be really, really good for the Storm uh, as he builds his uh, match fitness and conditioning. Jordan Grant also went over in the final minutes of play, pushing through with a line break to secure his first try as well. So... Um, Marianne Seve, Joe Chan and Storm development player Tristan Powell were also in the mix, each playing over half the match, contributing to the team's 297 post-contact metres. Seve in particular showcased a crafty performance, testing the Devils' defence with a try assist and two line breaks. So the Cavalry's come back. They're plying their trade in reserve grade, which is fantastic. Um... So, I mean, the depth is starting to return after the the, the, the horror injuries that were were sustained at the start of the season. Uh, Storm missing up to 13 players at one point after, after round two and three of the competition. So to have these boys back playing in reserve grade for Brisbane East Tigers and the Sunshine Coast Falcons is really, really good. So great to see the boys back. Now, Munster, Cameron Munster opens up on Wayne Bennett's relationship and the failed Dolphins move. So News Corp reported that Cameron Munster is willing to smoke the peace pipe with Wayne Bennett, revealing he still respects the Dolphins supercoach despite the stinging attack on the Melbourne Storm star last year. Munster and Bennett will face off for the first time since their relationship crumbled last year when the Dolphins host Melbourne at Suncourt Stadium on Saturday night. The Dolphins' storm showdown has developed into one of the NRL's newest grudge matches before they've even played each other. The expansion club raided Melbourne's roster last year, poaching test stars Jesse and Kenny Bromwich as well as Felice Cafusi for their foundation NRL season. And things got personal when Munster rejected an NRL record $5.6 million four-year deal offer from the Dolphins, opting to remain in Melbourne following a fierce tug-of-war for his signature. Bennett and the Dolphins went all-in for Munster, prompting the Storm to complain to the NRL about the club's newest, uh, the newest club's recruitment tactics in the hope that they could make the Queensland and Australian star face Redcliffe for, from 2024. But when he failed to personally inform Wayne Bennett of his decision to stay with the Storm, the seven-time Premiership winning coach unloaded on Munster as he jetted into England for World Cup duty. Bennett went on to say, It's a phone call none of us want to make, but you want to be a man, you've got to, be, you've got to behave like one. Don't have your manager ring up and tell you that you aren't coming. 
it's tough telling someone you aren't going to come when there's a lot of effort, but that's the price you've got to pay so you can grow into the man that you can be proud of. Bennett and Munster developed a strong bond during the Queensland famous 2020 State of Origin series victory, but their relationship was ripped apart following Munster's decision and Bennett's comments last October. Munster was initially hurt by Bennett's criticism, but his feelings have since eased ahead of Saturday night's blockbuster. I've got no animosity towards Wayne, Munster said. It's water for ducks back. The decision is done and I'm happy playing footy here. I still respect the man and he's done a lot for the game and it's such an iconic coach of our generation. You've got to respect him. He's done everything you want to do as a coach. I'm happy for him. While they are yet to play each other on the field, there is no loss between the Dolphins and the Storm. The cashed-up Dolphins snared three of the Melbourne Storm's experienced players and also went after Test Stars, Cameron Munster, Harry Grant and Nelson Osofa-Solomona, who stayed loyal to the Storm. Bennett and coach Craig Bellamy have also developed a fierce rivalry over the last 20 years. So one thing that I will say in regards to that, and it's probably it probably hasn't made been given enough um, attention is that what people have got to remember, and I know that um, I know that Jimmy Smith on SCN Radio the other day made a comment about uh, Jack White and um, having all the you know the criticism levelled at him uh, for virtually turning down an option, becoming a free agent, and then signing with the Rabbitohs you know, a week or two after that and then made comparisons to say Cameron Munster didn't receive the same sort of scrutiny and fanfare um, and, and media coverage that, that Jack White did. There's a difference. There's a difference. So in 2022, Cameron Munster was on contract. He was contracted to the Melbourne Storm for 2022 as well as 2023. So this season, he was still on contract for 2023. He couldn't sign a deal until November 1 last season, which means he couldn't accept he couldn't accept a deal if the Dolphins threw one at him before November 1. That's the difference. And that's why the Storm was so critical and made complaints to the NRL that the Dolphins were trying to solicit Cameron Munster, firstly to try and break his contract early and join them for this season, which the Storm were never, ever going to entertain. And second to that is that they couldn't sign him. They couldn't sign him for, until November 1. So by Munster re-signing before November 1, with the Storm re-signing, he doesn't owe the Dolphins and he doesn't owe... Wayne Bennett, anything. He doesn't need to apologise. He's well within his rights to recommit to the storm before November 1. And because he did so, the Dolphins can, they can't cry poor or foul that he virtually didn't sign with them. Because at the end of the day, they it was illegal for them to offer a contract. Sure, you can have conversations and everyone knows that they, they go on. There's nothing illegal about that. But you can't actually put an offer forward and you can't lodge an offer or a contract if a player is under contract at another club 
or their existing club and it's not the November 1 free agency. Now, the Storm were very fortunate that Munster did decide to recommit, which virtually took the Dolphins and the Tigers out of any contention to getting his signature. So again, within the rules of free agency and the November 1 deadline when a player is coming off contract 12 months out, it never got to that stage, which means that Munster does not have to apologise to the Dolphins, nor does he have to apologise to Wayne Bennett. So again, if the shoe was on the other foot, they'd, they'd be doing the same thing. They'd be doing the same thing. If they've got a star player up there, let's just say Isaiah Katoa, for example, the young Tongan halfback, is you know, a prodigy coming through. He's going he's gonna to have a, a, a really successful long career in the NRL. Now, he's under, he's under contract. Now, if the, if the same scenario played out and the Storm were making a play at him, what do you reckon the Dolphins would be doing? They'd be blowing up Deluxe. So, yeah, you can't be critical of the rules that are in place around free agency. Um, and if a player's on contract and they happen to recommit with their current club before November 1, then that player does not need to apologise to a coach or to a rival club. It is as simple as that. So, boo-hoo, Wayne. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Well, we've all been put out of our misery. Bellyache has decided to coach again in 2024. Okay, let's uh, let's hear from the man himself. Let's see what he had to say. Yeah, it took, took a little while to make this, this decision, John. I to be quite honest. And, you know, like probably, you know, it's certainly six or eight weeks ago, I was pretty much you know, 180 degrees that I was going to be packing it up. But um, you know, I spoke to a few few people I know that have retired, not from footy, but from, you know, you know different jobs they've had. And, but, and just about... Um, I suppose the connection they they've got with the people they they see every day at work, and um, sometimes you miss that, and uh, you know you need to have a bit of a plan on you know, it's something to do, you know, to fill in your time. So I haven't really thought about that uh, too much, and I must say, you know, part of that that decision was, you know, I'd, I'm, I've been here twenty twenty one years, whatever it is. So you know, I sort of doubted a little bit, I suppose. You know, is my time up? You know, is, is, you know, am I still as productive? You know, in my job as I as I should be or or, or have been. Um, Munster come to me a couple of weeks ago, and I don't really usually take his advice on life, <laughs> to be quite honest. But um, he uh, he come and said that you know the all the players and especially the losers, you know, were very keen for me to stay and they still thought I had something, you know, to give to the to the group. So that was uh that probably started turning me, to be quite honest. And then um yeah, in the last couple of weeks I've sort of decided that um 
I'll go again. And um, like I say, I still enjoys you know turning up and and uh, mixing you know with the the group here and and the staff. And uh, yeah, I think I've still got something to give. Or after the monster talk. Um, you know, and you know, working with these young guys and you know, trying to help them, you know, um, achieve their dreams. I suppose of of being an NRL player. We all need to collectively thank Cameron Munster for having that chat. So, money man, if you're listening, thank you so much because that's exactly exactly what Craig Bellamy needed to hear. He still has so much to give. He still has so much to give. And I, 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 everyone knows that that's been listening to this. My gut feel all along was that he was always going to keep coaching. He's a coach. He's a born coach. What else is he going to do? Honestly, he's not. He's not the type of player, uh, the person to go and lie on a beach and sip mojitos and do nothing. Like he, what else are you going to do? You, you are. You are a long time retired, so the conversations that he was having with people outside of football that have retired from work and are missing that that sort of interaction, the camaraderie in the workplace. Um, I suppose, I suppose the the mental aspect of keeping your mind ticking as well. Um, it, it, that would be removed. So what what's he going to do? And Roy Masters wrote piece in the Sydney Morning Herald this week too and, and said that you know, whilst he's got grandkids and it's mellowed him over the years and whatnot, the grandkids are actually growing up as well. So there's going to come a point where they're, they're going to be too cool for school to be hanging around with Pop. So what's he do? You keep coaching, mate. You're a coach. That's, that's what you are. That's, that's, who, that's who you are. And... Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, I suppose a lot of the rhetoric in that's come out of these interviews over the past couple of days is that you, you hear from you hear from him, and he's far from done. He's far from done as a coach. I don't think he's going to hand over the reins until he's content and comfortable that this new cohort of player at Melbourne Storm knows what it takes to to not only be an NRL first grader, but what it takes to be a Melbourne Storm player. And that this current group is going to be in a position to challenge for a premiership, ensuring that whoever comes in after him will find the place in great shape. That's that's what that's what I get. And I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just think even 2024... I, my feeling is that he'll he'll coach beyond that. I seriously think he'll keep going. And I know he sort of intimated that um, when he was on 100% footy on Monday night and Gus Gould actually asked him. Let's see what Gus had to say. Craig, is this a 10-year deal, a one-year deal? We've got to go through all this again next year to decide what Craig Bellamy's going to be doing. I thought you might have said something like that, Gus, but, uh, <laughs> uh, mate, uh, like, it's just basically uh, like a year-on-year thing, and that's the, uh, I suppose, the um, understanding I've got with, you know, with our, our chairman, Matt Tripp. He's been wonderful in 
um, how he's given me time to make the decision. You know, I, I assured him I'd be making the decision, you know, at the start of the season, which obviously we're 11 weeks in, you know, before I've made it. So he's been wonderfully patient and um, obviously wonderfully helpful. Um, but, you know, like I say, it'll be, uh, I'm not going to say again that this will definitely be me last year because, I, like I say, I'll, I'll just, you know, obviously won the coach this year and I'll do it again next year and then we'll, we'll see what happens from there. All right. There you have it. There you have it. So the notion of retirement that Craig Bellamy, it, it's obviously he still has the fire and the passion to keep going. And all along that I've said, age or duration of tenure shouldn't dictate how long he remains at the helm. He is a born coach. And his comments saying that you're a long time retired tells me that 2024 may yet again not be the final season we see Craig Bellamy coaching the Melbourne Storm. And if I was a betting man, I'd say that's going to be the case. I think that if he's still got the the urge, the itch, the passion, the hunger, the desire, the fire, keep going. Keep going, Belzer. Because as Munster said, you've still got so much more to give. You've still got so much more to give. You're still coaching as well as you ever have, if not better. And the greatest compliment was, I think, given by former Storm Premiership winning halfback Cooper Cronk on 360 on Monday night when he was asked about Craig Bellamy re-signing. Craig Bellamy, your old boss, yep. he's staying on for another year. Are you surprised by it? Well, no, but I would have loved to see, personally would have loved to see him you know, retire and enjoy the finer things. But like he said in that interview, there's a few things that that club gives him. It gives him stimulus, gives him enjoyment. The fact that he's got, you know, 60 odd years of age, he's got a relationship with 20 year old men and he's changing their lives. Oh, the biggest rap I can give Craig is, um, you know, he changed my life. Like he did because I arrived there as a kid that thought he knew everything. He taught me hard work, he taught me humility, and then he gave me the tools or the resources to, mm-hmm. to play and it was up to me and um, you know, it's done that for over 200 players that walked through the doors of Melbourne Storm, they've turned them in from boys to men mm. and an opportunity to life and a career that you never thought was mm. great and he's done that over and over again. Do you think you would have had the same career at any other organisation? Gordy, I've, I've said this with respect to just generally speaking um, I think if I go to most other clubs I'm probably 100, 150 gamer and I probably don't play rep football. And it's hard thing to right? say, but the honest part is that Craig Bellamy is so influential in terms of how to play football, what it takes to be great. But then on the other side of it, he's a good man. Mm-hmm. He shows you the way of what it means to be a good person too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, it's, it's generally speaking, but um, yeah, Melbourne Storm have done it over a long period of time and um, he was very helpful for my career. The biggest influence on my footy career. Will you- That's a big rap. That is a big, big rap. He changed my life. He changed my life. And if I go to another club without Craig Bellamy, I'm potentially a 100 to 150 gamer and I don't play rep football. So that just goes to show the impact and the influence that Craig Bellamy has on the players that he has coached at Melbourne Storm. And that is the biggest accolade and rap that Cooper Cronk gave to the man we call Bellyache. So great news for Melbourne, great news for the players, great news for the stakeholders, the members, great news for Victoria. 
and great news for rugby league um, because the game can ill afford to lose someone like Craig Bellamy. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for, again, your uh, your undivided attention and, and taking time out to listen to the Stormcast podcast with Gobs. Again, a week of firsts this week in terms of meeting the Dolphins for the first time um, and all the different storylines in and around that with the former Storm players, uh, the Bellamy versus Bennett, the Munster versus Bennett. There's, yeah, it, this is going to shape up to be one hell of a contest. So, uh, it should be a fantastic game uh, up there at Suncorp on Saturday night. Uh, it will be live on Fox League and KO, so ensure that you're in and around um, to watch that game and let's hope the the boys can get the job done and they'll roll into the bye. So it's, uh, it, it is an important uh, game because it could actually solidify the storm in the top four for the first time um, this season, the 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 ladder itself is so congested, so a, a win would be very very beneficial as going into the bye uh, to really really ensure that um, the storm can remain in touch with uh, the Broncos as well as the now la- uh, table leaders, the Rabbitohs, uh, who are the form team of the competition. But again, this is going to be a real tough game against the Dolphins on Saturday night. They're going to be up for it, and I'm sure that. Eliak will have the boys up for it as well. So enjoy your weekend of rugby league. And fingers crossed the storm get away um, with the chocolates. Um, I'm going to tip storm by eight. So I think it'll be one to 12. Very, very close. Hard fought win. I don't think, uh, I just think the Dolphins um, will, will bring a defensive, defensive edge to the game. That's their bread and butter at the moment. Uh, I just think the Storm may just have a little bit too much in attack, especially with the more continuity and game time that Munster, Hughes and Grant uh, play together. So I'm, I'm predicting Storm by eight and let's hope that is the case come Saturday night. So, uh, yeah, enjoy your rugby league and, yeah, go the Storm. <laughs>